Good evening and welcome to episode 142 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. On tonight's episode, we are reviewing the latest from Depeche Mode. It's called Memento Mori. Um, tasty little entry into their catalog, I think. And I'm going to be challenging the boys to a little trivia contest tonight. And anybody who is watching can participate. And if you beat the boys to the answer, you can win yourself a t-shirt. I've got a couple right here. So this is what you could be playing for tonight. Of course, the lighting. There we go. Anyway, dig in, see what you can do. Hey, you got a comment. Hi, Foggy, already. Hey to you. But I don't do this alone, everybody. I, uh, I've got a team. And joining me tonight, as always, is the lovable one, Mr. Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. laggy this evening and there he is there's the lovable one so cute and lovable we need to update that picture we got to get some of this glorious gray in there it's looking good i'm gonna (laughs) shave mine then i won't have any gray i don't have any gray on the top just loaded with it in the beard (laughs) and and teabags is a youngster he joined the show um, a couple years ago he's in his 20s and um, he'll be imparting his youthful wisdom. So welcome to the show, Teabag. Swinging deep into the valleys of Liptonia. That's nasty. Able to plunge from high altitudes only to land with a gentle splat. That's nasty. Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's, it's Teabag's Too Hot for TV. Hey guys, I am Hello. I am not the young one. I am gray and now glasses for the first time on the on the first time on the show. If you didn't say anything, nobody would know. Uh, they will when we go to do the review, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> so when the first album came out and I was in school, there's your tip off, right? <laughs> I was in high gotcha. school or whatever. So anyway, age is just uh, how you feel. That's true. <laughs> Old and creepy. I feel 65. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. That's how it goes, guys. At least uh, yeah. at least we're getting older. That beats the alternative. I think we all know that. Cool. So, indeed. Hey, before we get started, uh, I just wanted to announce to everybody, we're going to have a super cool guest and interview coming up. We are locking down the date and time on that. I'll let you know when that happens. But um, the gentleman's name is Martin Askham. And he is the creator of the largest culturally significant hip-hop art collection on Earth. And he's the principal artist for this day in rap and hip-hop history by Chuck D. Art you can hear. So I've been following him for a while. Um, His art is really cool. And there's a lot of nostalgia there when you look back at some of the uh, artwork. And um, I'm really excited to talk to him about the project and um, talk about his process. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah will be a lot of fun so i'll let you know whenever we get that locked in and um we've got lots of good music coming up guys it's been a while we've been (laughs) trying to figure out what we're doing week to week and now we've got like three weeks in a row where it's a no-brainer so so there's uh there's such a thing as a food desert is there such a thing as a new music release desert because i feel like that's where we are (laughs) there has yeah we've been in that for sure i think april is the oasis because this is a juicy month for us Let's just hope it's not a mirage. 
<laughs> right? No, yeah. I think we're good. I, I don't know that we can really miss with these three. So, and I'll tell you, I know we were, we've been kind of hit and miss on some of the pumpkin releases as they've come out. Some of the songs have been really good. Some have been a little iffy, but I've listened a few times now to the first two parts of the rock opera and it really works so much better listening to it all together. I'm really enjoying it now. And then yesterday tickets went on sale. We got in the waiting room, got our tickets for September. So um, I think that's the world is a vampire tour. Super excited. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So anything uh, new in your parts of the world before I wow you with my trivia contest? I don't think I have anything new really looking forward to some Good music next month. Uh, getting ready to this weekend, we're going to trot over to Troy, Ohio, and see my youngest son over there. He's been over there since November going to welding school. So, going to go hang out with him for a couple of days. And Is he at Hobart? That, yes. And then got I it. got uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. So, have five days away from work. That'll be nice. Absolutely. Yeah, Hobart is absolutely amazing. The kids that come out of there um, are really set for life. What a that's what, that's what we're hoping. <laughs> yeah. No, he he'll be good. He'll be good. I hope he, he just oh, you know picks up and goes wherever he wants to go. He doesn't feel like he has to stick around here and go live your life. Yep. Yeah. T bags. Anything new with you? Um, anything on the bunny front? <laughs> yeah. Well, my wife is in Florida, so I'm taking care of a lot of bunnies and dogs, and uh, it's fun. But uh, yeah, I've been watch- I've been watching a lot of movies, rewatching a lot of movies. I think I mentioned before that I was starting my DVD collection again, just mm-hmm. to have some nice. control over what is streamed in you know in my house through the DVD player. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I've actually got a really cool uh, converter for VHS tape too. So been putting some family movies on there. I found a movie that we made like me and some friends when we were like 14 years old. So uh, just a big nostalgic trip lately with music and movies and stuff like that. Nice. Cool. Yeah. And our movie or our album review kind of fits in with that nostalgia as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, all right, gentlemen, enough avoiding the task at hand, which is the <laughs> trivia competition. And I'm keeping the score. I've got a notepad, so uh, I'll be keeping score who the champ is, and we'll see yeah. if we can knock Mundy off of his pedestal because the kid knows a lot of crap. So, yeah, it's the, the my bar. crown. My <laughs> crown. Nice. All right, I'm going to add this to the screen to the stream here so everybody can see All it. Right. You're fancy. Oh, it is fancy. This is a slideshow with no background. So that is fancy. <laughs> that's called doing it on the run. But uh, the important yes. part's there, and that's the question. So if anyone should beat you to the punch, as I said earlier, I've got two shirts here, and I'll make more if I have to. One has blue print. The other one's got white. You can win a T-shirt by beating the boys. Right. Are you guys sufficiently ready? Yeah, so are we just blurting out the answers as soon as we You say need it? to raise your hand, and I will call on you. This has oh, to be okay. We need to, oh, man, I should have given you guys air horns. <laughs> that would have yeah. been really cool. <laughs> that so, makes for great audio for people listening <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> no, keep them on their toes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, you do not have to answer in the form of a question. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right. Yep. 
Question number one. What is Depeche Mode's biggest hit? Monday. Personal Jesus. Eh. Yeah. Um, enjoy the silence. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. All right. On the scorecard, teabags. One. Monday, zero. And the audience, zero. All right. Yeah, Personal Jesus was a good choice, obviously. I mean, it had to be one of those two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the yeah. Silence feels like it got a lot of radio play early on. So I think it did, yeah. And that caught a lot of people who weren't necessarily huge fans of them, but it was just a catchy, radio-friendly song that everybody could love, I think. Yeah. So, And nobody liked Personal Jesus until uh, Johnny Cash got a hold of it. <laughs> I would have said Manson, but... Yeah, no, no, it was Johnny Cash, and it was right after he wrote um, <laughs> that one song. Never mind. Okay. Question number two. What is the best-selling album of all time? Uh, in general or theirs? Just what <laughs> theirs. is the best-selling album of all time? Oh. Money. Um, oh, I'm going to say, this is probably wrong, I'm going to say Michael Jackson Thriller. That was my guess. Yeah. That is incredible. That would be my guess. It's up there. Um, I don't even think it's in the top five. No kidding, really? I was really shocked. And this band has two of the top five. Oh, one in, one I think I know what it is. Take a stab. I'll go, give you a point. Go again. Uh, Eagles Greatest Hits, Volume 1. Bam. Yeah. It is. And number three is Hotel California. Yeah. Huh. I know. Who to thunk it, huh? Right. Oh, God, what was number two? Was it Pink Floyd, maybe? It should be like Back in Black should be in, up there somewhere. I don't think so. Not top five. Really? Yeah, I would say Dark Side of the Moon, but... It might have been. Hmm. All right, next question. Name the two groups to make the song Landslide famous. Oh, got it. All righty, yeah. sure, buddy. Uh, Fleetwood Mac and the Dixie Chicks, or the Chicks now. I guess I'll have to accept that. There was another <laughs> one that I know much better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. It was on Pisces Iscariot. They would sing it live a lot, too. Okay. That's where a lot of people got it. All right, Monday, point. This group pranked their fans announcing a fake album called Strobe Light. Tony. Nails. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I had to throw a softball up there. And I know you're. There. Nice. I didn't know that one. Yeah, had to reopen that wound for me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for strobe light. It's coming. What? <laughs> that's Is that that's like their fun, boy. Is that their Chinese democracy? <laughs> oh no! Would have been Ooh. probably. I get this one. <laughs> All right, Monday, go for it. Oh, uh, Janis Joplin, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison. Yep, that's the big three. Um, and there was also Robert Johnson, yep. Brian Jones, Amy Winehouse, and apparently Mac Miller. There is a podcast called The 27 Club that is all about this. That's interesting. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Is it any good? Question. I don't know. I never listened to it. <laughs> this group was named both the Polka Tolk Blues Band and Earth before their official name that we all know and love. I know a band that was called Earth, but I don't know the other one. Let me, I'll try. Monday. Black Sabbath. Bam. 
Really? That yep. is correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they had to get rid of because there was another band that was going to send them over Earth. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Fun stuff. Which song was written using the Fibonacci sequence? Oh, Lateralis. that's... Lateralis. Sorry. Lateralis, that is correct. Sorry, I keep forgetting to raise So much fun. That's a great... The way he sings that. They're a little heady group, you know. Number seven. Name the artist. He was born in Missouri. Loves comics and the dictionary. Broke a Guinness record. Never finished high school. And I can't see the last one because it's covered for Inspired me. by the Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. Tony. Eminem. Correct. Very nice. There he is. What album has spent the most time on the Billboard Hot 200 list? Oh, wow. Hmm. No idea. Um, it's probably one you hear it and you're like, oh, yeah. It is yeah. astounding. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know either. I can't even guess. Dude, you just guess. Okay. Just get a guess. <laughs> Give us a genre. Rock. Okay. <clears throat> the most time on the Billboard Hot 200. Uh, Metallic the Black Album. Nope, that was like 10 or 11, I think. Yeah, that's a good guess, though. Mm-hmm. Um, ACDC Back in Black. Nope. <laughs> this is no insane, idea. too. You give well, up, when you're saying that, it feels like it's somebody that shouldn't be there. Oh, no, no, no. It should be, but it's uh, like crazy okay. how long. Okay. Um, Fleetwood Mac rumors. That was around eight or nine, I think. I'll have to look that up again. It wasn't as high as I thought it might be. I'm going to say Dark Side of the Moon. No, that's not rock. It uh, is. I mean, I mean it is. It's prog, yeah. whatever you want to call Led, it. But... Led Zeppelin, something. Oh, dark. okay. There we go. 969 weeks, guys. Wow. Think of that mailbox money coming in. No <laughs> kidding. And it's interesting because there are no like pop artists that you always see on these award shows and all that. Like none mm-hmm. of them make these even close to yep. the top. Yep. Um, yeah. Eminem's on there a couple times in the top 25, which is kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. But it's mostly like rock albums. Hmm. And of course they're they older. They've had more time and people bought right. albums back then more so than today which I don't think people's attention span or maybe the lack of having new music keeps it off of this list. Sometimes now too, like when a big show hits and uses a song, then people start buying that album or song or something. And it puts Mm -hmm. it back on the charts like decades later, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like running up that hill for stranger things. Kate Bush was all that. So 969. So that is that consecutive. Yes. Wow, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, that is insane. Jeez. But we all knew that was a great one. It truly is. Stood the test. So how many how many years is that? <laughs> From the moment it came out? Seventy three to eighty okay. no, ninety was it ninety six? I'm gonna do some math here. I was gonna say let's just divide right. out eighteen point six. So eighteen years? Yeah. <laughs> so right around ninety one then. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But I'm glad it's Pink Floyd. 
Testament to, yeah, great band. It was fun. I went to the comic shop today and he was listening to a concert and it was David Gilmore. Because every time I hear Pink Floyd in concert now, it's just Roger. And Roger has lost his stinking mind. <laughs> yeah. He's not, he's going to redo the entire album because it wasn't recorded properly. He's going to redo it all. Come on. <laughs> I don't, he's an egomaniac. Like yeah. I like Roger, but I, I mean, for the most part, but that's ridiculous. Don't touch that classic. Exactly. So, so who won that one? Uh, Monday was a tie. (laughs) No, it was not. It was a four to four. Was it really? Mm Hmm. Got a problem with that? Look, if you want me to give Monday one of your points, I can. No, no, no. I'm now I'm feeling like a tiebreaker. I don't need pity points. (laughs) I'll win or lose like a man. That's how it should go. <laughs> I'm not sure who that is, but they heard T-Bag say he's going to do some math. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear that very often. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. But um, oh, anyway, man. that was fun. Yeah, so we did not <laughs> knock him off of his pedestal this evening. He still maintains his crown. So we're going to do this like end in a tie crap, though? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You're the you're the unless like you guys wanna, unless you want to have a shootout or something. <laughs> I figured it was Marianne. <laughs> um, well, a tiebreaker well, question. It's like no, we don't have to. It's like soccer or now like the NFL. You can end it in a tie. That's true. All right, we'll call it a draw. <laughs> and I think uh, since Marianne made that comment, I think an excellent like YouTube video would be that Marianne and I enter like a math contest together <laughs> we'll do that here on the show one time okay it's gonna be yeah, great just throw, throw out like whatever they're teaching in fourth grade and watch mary and i melt down <laughs> and say this might be a little brutal i don't know if we can air that <laughs> it's true yeah best ratings ever tony cries on air <laughs> can't solve simple uh but three digit division see somebody's please somebody's head will explode and then we'll cut to the blank screen or just be (laughs) yes and that's the last (laughs) podcast (laughs) all right that was fun that was definitely fun and um teabags has a challenge that he'd like to issue for a future episode that we can start working on do you want to share that tonight sure if you guys are are ready yep, for it. Um, like perfect time for that. I say that. Yeah. I say that because I'm not ready for exactly how I was going to word this, but um, <laughs> so I was watching, I was watching eternal sunshine in the spotless mind. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of a song by Pusifer that I really like, but that song came out after eternal sunshine in the spotless mind. So I wanted us to pick one or two songs that would retroactively go with a movie. Ooh. So kind of reinventing, not the whole soundtrack, but picking something like that. Okay, so basically you want to retcon a song into a movie. Yes. Okay. How, how many? I, I said one to two because I just didn't know how many we could do. But, um, you know, it, it wouldn't take a whole lot of explanation. It's not like we're going to go on for 30 minutes each. So right. at least one to two. Okay. Easy. I need Paul here to say challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. I know. That's it. I miss right in Paul. campaign start. We need Paul. <laughs> we need Paul. 
He All does right. need to join us one day. All right. All righty, fellas. Now to the task at hand. And it is Depeche Mode. Memento Mori. First record without Andy Fletcher. Yep. So, um, boys, how'd they do? Well, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, any Depeche Mode is fine. It's not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be mad at getting more Depeche Mode. Exactly. Um, I don't, just as an overview, um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I of course enjoyed this. Uh, it's Depeche Mode is, I, I love them. It's, you know, I've said it before. It's one of my bucket list bands. I'd love to see them live before they stop touring. Um, we've already lost one of the guys, so. You know, there's that. Um, I personally, I don't think this album is quite as good as the last couple that they put out. Um, but I don't, like I said, I mean, any Depeche Mode is good Depeche Mode. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I, yeah. When I heard the first three songs, I thought we are onto something. This is dynamite. And then it kind of tapered off a little bit for me. Got a little bit one note as we went along, but um, there were some definite highlights for me that we can hit on, but let's yeah. talk about album opener. My cosmos is mine. Was it a good album opener? Go ahead, I, I say yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I say, say it was yes. a damn fine opening. Yeah. It hooked me. Cause I, you know, that whole dark gritty mm-hmm. sound. Um, so yeah, I was totally in. What about you Monday? Yeah, I definitely had like kind of a, a heavy early industrial sound with kind of the clicks and whirs. Um, a lot of cool, you know, industrial noises, I, for lack of a better term. Um, mm-hmm. And Dave's voice, they used an interesting effect on it, kind of made it sound real ethereal and ghosty and kind of kind of cool. I, I, very effective opener. Definitely grab your attention. Yep, I agree. I, I had down that it had these cool sounds and textures. I thought his mm-hmm. vocal delivery was excellent. And there was like a defiance in the song, what I thought was a great way to kick this one off. The, the album's pretty melancholy throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. sad you know, notes and life, I guess, throughout the whole album. But this one, that was just a great, out of all of the songs, this was a perfect album opener. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second song is Wagging Tongue. I uh, love it. Love it. Love it. What do you guys think? Um, my initial impression of this song was it it's almost sounds like an 80s song, but with much better production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a lot fuller. You know, a lot of time in the 80s, you kind of get that thin production sound. It's, it's very full and, um, robust but it feels very 80s but as i listen to the rest of this album i mean i could almost say that about any of these songs true yeah yeah i believe it or not i was um i've I've listened to this several times and it's it never grew on me like i thought it would it was good but um i i just felt like it got a little bit repetitive not that and again you could say that about those other songs if you 
So maybe it was just something that didn't fit for me because some of the other repetitive songs ended up making it, you know, on my top right. list. So, yeah. But, um, but again, I mean, going back to, there's, it's hard to say anything Depeche Mode is bad. So mm-hmm. it just, uh, just didn't grab me. That's it. I think this one stood out on the album as the most different. And mm-hmm. uh, I also, Jeremy, the first thing that, that jumped out was the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then I pinpointed it. Remember the group Yaz? Oh, yeah. This song sounded straight off of, uh, God, was the record in 82, whatever it was. They had a song, they had two songs in the Chocolate War movie. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. We read the book in school, and it was a great movie. But it, uh, I think it's Only You. Oh, my God, it it just like fits right in there. If you slid this song on that album, it was perfect. So I think that helped a lot uh, for me liking it, because I love that song. I thought this one was really melodic. I thought Dave's voice was super cool in this one. And then there was the line, and I don't know if you guys kind of put this together, but it said, everything seems hollow when you watch another angel die. I kind of linked that to Fletcher. I thought um, that too. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think in that way, this song is a little deeper. But Yeah, I, I like think it a lot. Uh, losing Andy, I think, is really... I, I mean, I feel like that's all over this album. There's there's mm-hmm. several times where I'm like, oh, I bet that's about him. I bet that's about him. I bet that's about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, exactly. there's just so much on this album that mm-hmm. feels like it's about the loss of someone close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. So, uh, Steve, are mm-hmm. you saying that this song could retroactively fit into a movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay strike that one from my list and i gotta come up with three yeah no no it seriously would <laughs> but um you guys gotta go check that song out and see if you feel it as well okay so um third song ghosts again this song i think is what they're leading with uh yeah. they played this on oh uh, what's his name colbert, colbert you said mm-hmm. and um the boys are aging, but darn it all, nice performance. This song has a really super cool pop feel. There's no wonder they're leading with it. I mean, it definitely is radio friendly, and it is, it's got Depeche Mode all over it. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, yeah. I, yeah, it has a real solid kind of driving beat. Um, Dave's voice is his vocal delivery, just and I kind of the melody that he comes up with is really, really awesome. Um, at about the, I think it's what I said about the two thirty mark. There's a kind of a cool synth break that I, I was like, Ooh, that, that really caught my ear. And this, yeah, this was the lead single and I, it is on Spotify, you know, you can see the number of plays and it's far and away the most plays. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I liked like the, I had like bouncy synth, you know, that's kind of how I described some of that. Mm-hmm. And then um, the whole overall production of that song was really great. And then Depeche Mode is one of those bands for me that I can like them, even if I don't necessarily love the lyrics, but a lot of times I'll like a lyric, you know, that they have in mm-hmm. there. And this one had the lovers in the end, whisper will be ghosts again. And I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't checked out the performance yet, but I plan on it. Same. Excellent. Fourth song is Don't Say You Love Me. And this one was written with Richard Butler from Psychedelic Furs. A couple of songs on here. 
um, written by him or co-written by him with mm-hmm. Martin. And um, I, I didn't love this song musically. <laughs> I did love the lyrics though. All of the antithesis, the uh, back and forth from line to line. Uh, I thought yeah. it was really clever. And that's what made this song for me, not necessarily the musicality of it. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was sing songy, but I still really liked it. And um, in my notes, I had that it sounded a lot like older Depeche Mode in the sound of like songs of faith and devotion era, mm-hmm. which I, which I liked. I was in college then. So it made me nostalgic again. But, um, and then if you listen closely somewhere in there, I kept hearing like an in excess song. There's some notes in there that are very similar. I think to never tear us apart or something, but hmm. um, okay. so that's another one to go back and listen to. Um, yeah, this song for me, I honestly, it was one of the highlights. I think, um, <clears throat> you know, you don't hear it so much anymore, but you used to, or, or I don't know if I became aware of this argument more when I started getting into like industrial music and stuff, but there used to be a thing where, you know, it's like electronic music has no soul like the machines you use mm-hmm. to make electronic music can't evoke emotion and feeling and, and that's total horseshit <laughs> and anyone who believes that should listen to a song like this because i mean the the tempo the drums the sparse guitar the bass line the vocals and the lyrics uh, all of that combined i mean this song for me it just feels like heart-wrenching Mm-hmm. And for for anyone that says machines can't make you know beautiful meaningful music, I should listen to a song like this. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Next song is my favorite. Stranger. I just didn't have much down for this one. It didn't catch me. Didn't <laughs> yeah. feel. It. Yeah, it's got kind of a good groove. There's some fun little noises in there. Uh, the last minute of the song is kind of interesting, where the yeah. the I think the vocals drop out and it just kind of plays out for a minute. And there's some interesting stuff going on there. But yeah, mm-hmm. saying it didn't really like grab a hold of me. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I I put it kind of as like a middle of the road type uh, song for me on the album. But I also said that. At the end, there was some echoey like production of the mm-hmm. vocals, and so that that did catch my ear too. Yeah. <clears throat> so soul with me, I kind of felt similarly about. So here's my question to you guys: So, on a song that you don't love, but you hear all the textures and the interesting things going on, which soul with me has a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. If you're going back and listening to a record, do you listen to those songs simply for that fact, or is it just not enough to carry it for you? For me, that's not enough to carry it to where I would want to put that on a playlist or listen to it all the way through. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I don't know if this song would make a playlist for me necessarily, but um, <clears throat> I feel like this is it's almost, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better way to describe it, this is almost like Depeche Mode's version of a ballad. Um, It's kind of, it's, you know, more subdued, a little bit of slower tempo. Uh, I really love Dave Gahan's vocals on it, though. He kind of goes up into a higher range, which you don't hear from him a lot. Kind of gets out, you know, he kind of has a tendency to get in a pocket and kind of 
you know, he's awesome in that pocket, but he kind of stays in a certain range. And this one was a little bit higher. You know, I don't know if it, it didn't sound so high that it was uncomfortable for him, but it's definitely enough that it sounds different. Okay. So I thought it was Martin singing because Martin okay. sings like, I think it is. This is the only song okay. he sings on it. Oh, there okay. you go. Well, that explains yeah. that. So never mind what <laughs> yeah. I said. Well, I no, do you, miss you the, caught it. <laughs> I, I miss the packaging where you could go and say like, mm-hmm. yes, what? Yeah. Um, but I agree that it was ballady, and it's kind of funny because Martin sings. I don't know if you guys remember the song Somebody. Um, yes. Okay. And Martin sings that. Steve, if you don't remember that, you gotta go listen to it. It's just like, it's like a, you know, emo poetry sung over like a sound. Isn't that? Isn't that the one? Uh, didn't Veruca Salt cover that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I, it, so it did feel ballady to me. It was Martin singing. So it was like, mm-hmm. there I, you I was go. Saying, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. Um, but, but it was, it felt like it was missing something for me. So it wasn't, I didn't rank it super high, but to answer your question, Steve, there are certain bands like Depeche Mode that I'll put on and I'll listen to the album straight through because there's not really one of those things. that's like, Oh my gosh, skip that, you know? Mm-hmm. But like Jeremy said, I'm not throwing this on any playlist anytime soon either. So I just didn't know if, if sounds and texture were enough to carry it for you when you they didn't necessarily love with it. With certain bands. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on how how they're used, what the you know, context I guess plays a part in that. And like, you know, if this is something where I just put the album on and played it, like uh, there's nothing here that's gonna pull me out of it and be like, Oh, that's terrible. So yeah. That's how I feel about Metallica albums too. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, their worst song is better than most songs out there. And it's just like, <laughs> so I'll just play an album through. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next up is Caroline's Monkey. And man, this one, <laughs> when I first heard it, I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? And then I had to go back and listen to the lyrics. And I'm like, ah, it's the proverbial monkey on her back, you know? And then yeah. you start looking yeah. at this a lot differently. It was just like, this literal monkey is metaphorically representing the <laughs> yeah. strain in her life. And yeah, you know, I, I felt really- like it. Yeah. It's all about, I mean, obviously, yes, that's the connection I made monkey on your back. It's about addiction of some sort. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I wonder who Caroline is. Yeah. I'm not sure it matters, but I'm sure there's somebody who inspired that. Right. For sure. But I really I liked the song, song a lot. I did. Me too. I like the I like the vibe of the song, and I liked a couple of the lines. I liked all of them, but a couple lines stuck out. Like uh, fading's better than fa- failing. I love that. Mm-hmm. And then running yep. with scissors on needles and pins. <laughs> yeah, just good. Good writing. I yeah, like the two. When you know, you think about a monkey. Of course, in this case, that's a terrible thing. But then we also know the mischievous monkey, and it says Caroline's monkey makes up all the fun. And leaves chaos and ruin from Carolyn's yep. tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. For, for hitting that monkey on the back metaphor, I mean, that's nothing new. It's not terribly original, but his lyrics around that work so well. Like it, it, it really paints a picture, and it's not like the monkey on the back is uh, it's obvious it's trite it's what but the lyrics the way they use it totally blows that out of the water um 
I love what caught my ear as the song went on. Like they, they build layer after layer after layer. And it's like, you know, every, every bar or few bars, they're adding some, something else, another instrument or another different repeating sound. And they just kind of built the layers as it went along. And you didn't get the whole experience right out of the gate. I thought that was very cool. And uh, the, the, the harmony vocals on this kind of really stood out for me. Enjoyed that quite a lot. Yep. So we are all in agreement. Caroline's monkey, A+. All right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, Before We Drown, written by Dave. Um, mm-hmm. There was one song we didn't say it earlier. Wasn't uh, Ghosts Again written by the two of them? The only time that they had written lyrics together? I didn't find oh, the yeah. credits, so I'm not sure. I, I haven't looked at sure. credits either. I'm pretty sure that was the case in one of the places I saw. But um, this one is written solely by Dave, which that doesn't happen a lot on these records before we drown. I like the mm-hmm. lyrics on this one quite a bit. It wasn't caught by the music of it. Um, this one was not a super strong one for me. Uh, same. I mean, I like. I liked it. I didn't love it. It just kind of built the road for me. And and again, middle of the road Depeche Mode is still pretty damn good. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so I had six songs that I highlighted, um, and was going to try to put them in order, but I only ended up saying that I had two that were tied for number one. And actually, this was one of the ones for me. Wow, it was tied for number one. Yeah, I just it was the music mostly. I mean, I like the lyrics were good, but this one really caught me lyric wise, or I mean, music wise. So. Why? What was it about the music? Uh, I don't know how to explain it. I mean, there's just like, I think that I want, I expect something from Depeche Mode or anybody that's coming out with a new album, and but I'm open to what they're going to do. And this just had some sort of right combination of what I had in my head and and some new stuff at the same time. So <laughs> it's, it's Music can be inexplicable. Well, I mean, it is. It's about a feeling. I mean, music gives you a feeling yeah, yeah. or a groove or a vibe, and you can't describe mm-hmm. it. It just hits you. I get it. Right. Yeah. And I th- I think the opening part of it had kind of a Nine Inch Nails vibe or some sort of uh, something music-wise. So it it crossed, it checked a lot of boxes for me. Okay. Excellent. Next up, people are good, but are they... I, I, love, yeah. I love the the idea that we try to convince ourselves that in light of all the evidence, the in light of all everything we see, that people are still good. They're just yeah. victims of circumstance. Um, kind of questioning that whole idea. So um I like this one quite a bit. Especially I did too. That angle. Yes, I you know, I found myself writing down the title and I was like, huh. And I listened to it and I was like all right, I see what you did there. And uh, yeah, I, it's hard to argue with the lyrics of this mm-hmm. song. <laughs> keep trying to convince yourself that people are good and they keep proving you wrong. So, Yeah, yeah. I This was the other one that was tied for first for me. And a lot of the reasons you guys said, and then just there was something about this that had a classic Depeche Mode feel to me. I can't say what that was, but again, it was like, it just took me back a little bit, but, and then the lyrics on top of it were just great. Yeah. That's it. Those were your top two, huh? 
That's crazy. I know. So when you said you started off really strong, I was like, mine kind of came there towards the end. So. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm going to have to go back and, li- and listen to these, like try to put on a different set of ears and uh, check those out again. Wow. Uh, Always You is up next. Um, this one, subject matter wise, seemed a little different. The constant in life is you. No matter what's going on, he can lean on you. It seemed like a positive, something to hang on to when everything is bad, where the other ones sort of highlight all the bad and the difficulties in life. This one seemed like this was this person's the anchor for whoever's singing mm-hmm. this. And so I didn't love the song, but um, I love that notion of it. Yeah, I had a problem with there was something that kept taking me out of it with like the cadence of how it was being sung. Hmm. And um, I'd have to go back and listen to see why that was. But uh, I I didn't it just that one was middle of the road for me for that reason alone. It just I kept finding myself distracted by how the vocals were or how that was being sung. Huh. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I thought Dave's. The vocals, I thought they kind of had a little bit of a haunting quality to them. I don't know. Maybe you just don't like Ghost Tony. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no. But, it was more uh, the cadence. It wasn't, it wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't hate Ghost. He hates yeah. Dave. You heard it here, her post. I'm going to put it up here on the screen so everybody can remember that Tony hates Great, Dave. Great, thanks. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I enjoyed the music. It had this kind of cool, like, pulsating synth pulsating repetitive synth going on uh fun beat some cool blips and bloops in it you know fun noises i didn't hate it <laughs> there you go and you, you can always expect bloops and beeps and everything from depeche Mode, so that's good <laughs> we use technical terms on this show that's right uh oh, never man. let me go is the penultimate song and it had bloops and bleeps and uh that made it <laughs> great no. <laughs> um again this was a very average one for me didn't hit me in the swing spot. Uh, I feel anyway. like the guitar kind of stood out on this one a little bit. Yeah. And it wasn't anything that was super flashy. It just was noticeable. A little bit of distorted guitar kind of, I think, went a long way in this song. I agree with both of you. <laughs> so I'll just keep it short and sweet. Not one of your faves? No. All right. We agree. Last song, Speak to Me. I loved this one. I thought it was a fantastic album closer. It was a little bit heavier and grittier. Um, Love the lyrics, love the vocal delivery, and um, I love how it just sort of wrote out. That was cool. Good good closer. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah, I think it was kind of a a nice down-tempo song to close out the album. Uh, again, this one had a really cool build that was very slow. They didn't rush anything and just kind of the music kept building and building and getting louder and stronger. And, but it never, never went crazy and it never went, uh, you know, never really increased the tempo. It kind of stayed at that kind of slow tempo and just got a slow boil to it. Just got a little bit bigger and bigger as it went along. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a little bit more to say about this one than other ones, but uh, that build I really love too. And I thought I had to go listen, but I I don't know if you guys know, but on Pink Floyd, the wall, like 
it ends by him saying, is this where? And it begins with him saying, I came in. So it's actually like a loop, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought that this music was devolving into the gritty sounds that started the album. So I thought maybe this would be uh-huh. a loop. But it, it didn't end up being that way. But it was it was kind of cool to hear it getting to that point, I think. The thing that took me out of the song, me being me and a fanboy, is I will disappoint you, I will let you down. Sounded so much like Nine Inch Nails Hurt lyrics. <laughs> that that was tough for me. But um, then I did like all of the production. I, I, I This was one of my highlighted six songs. And, um, and I thought, you know, like, Trent has probably lifted from them because he was a fan <laughs> for years. So, you know, I, I gave them the pass on the close hurt lyrics. Well, at There's one only... point, is this one where he says, speak to me in a language I can understand? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the pumpkin lyric is speak to me in a language I can hear. And every time he started seeing that, I was like, Oh yeah, that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> Different record altogether. There's only so many words in the English language that can be put together and strung along in so many ways. I Come think on guys. Quintillion variations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I, I will say it was a strong closer and I really did like the song. So not really i'm not really throwing shade at it or whatever the kids are saying these days <laughs> i'm sure that's you're it. a couple years behind tony no cap <laughs> all right um, okay monday you had something uh no not really i mean i pretty much said what i needed to say gotcha well that is it that's the entirety of memento mori and um we'll let tony finish off because he's the biggest depeche mode fan i'll start off and i would say I'm going to give it a three out of five, but I think there are probably some earworms here that could grow. And this is an album that could definitely grow on you. And so I could end up around a three, five. If it was based on the songs that I really liked, I'd have to give it a super high score, but there were some areas that just let me down. Um, Obviously not their fault, but probably my fault as a listener, but uh, there were some absolute bangers on this. I love the first three songs, uh, Caroline's monkey, and uh people are good are my probably my top five and in that order if that was the ep incredible so Mm -hmm. nice outing monday what you got well hopefully depeche mode will never let you down again yes (laughs) nicely done (laughs) um but uh yeah i mean like i love depeche mode i've loved depeche mode since i was a kid Uh, it's always good to hear them again uh as I said before, I think this whole album is kind of a send-off, you know, for their fallen brother, I guess, if you want to call him that. E- even the title, Memento Mori, I mean, you know, kind of, uh, there's a lot of melancholy going on here. There's, you know, a lot of heartache, and which, it, you know, not a, really a departure for Depeche Mode, but I think... Right a lot of this came from the heart and you know, they're, they got their, they got Andy on their mind. So um, I really dug this. I probably, probably right there with you about a 3.5 might go three, seven, five, just because it's Depeche mode, but, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, you know, solid effort. I will probably listen to this several more times till I get a little more familiar with it. Yeah. Excellent. Well, tea bags, bring I'll us see, home. Uh, 
I'll see your 3.75 and raise you four because it is the fish mode. So um, 7.75? <laughs> Holy cow, yeah, Tony. Combined. It's a, it's a yeah. five-point scale. Come on. I can't do math. I told you that earlier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's Depeche Mode and it's one of those, you know, uh, like Jeremy said earlier on, you know, when we get into Depeche Mode, we're already excited and it's, I'll definitely listen to it again. It, to be honest, it took me a few listens to get to the four rating because I had some expectations and then some of those slower parts for me was like, how am I going to rate this? But you start listening and you hear the production and, you know, appreciate what they're doing and and you know with it being that woven thread of andy in there i think you know it's cool that artists put something out there for that will last beyond everybody else so mm-hmm. um, i thought it was i thought all in all it was a good effort and um like i said four out of five and and i'll listen again excellent well that was good i think we we'll just count this as the first review of april it's not really april but we're gonna count that way and then we can act like we had four super solid ones we were excited about for april. yeah sounds good because to me. we do have on the 7th april 7th is nf now that doesn't mean we're doing it on the 7th we're going to try to hit it on the sundays if not we'll do the monday or tuesday following on the 14th we have metallica's new one we've already had a couple of tasty entries from that one and on the 21st, we have Smashing Pumpkins, and we've already had two full albums <laughs> for that one. And the third is about to drop, so then we'll have the entire rock opera, all 33 songs, ready to roll on the 21st. So thank goodness we've been able to listen to the first two. Can you imagine the work we'd have to do from Friday yeah. to Sunday to listen to 33 songs no. multiple, song, multiple times to take notes? No. Yeah. That would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy. But anyway, it's it's exciting times for us in music. We haven't had this for a while. So, awesome. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, anything left for the good of the order? Um, on March 31st, there's a Pusifer remix album coming out. Really? Uh, and they have some fantastic artists on there, including Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are remixing some. Who are they? I can't remember. Uh, they they are part of the boy band that Jeremy loves. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good Wait, character. Atticus Ross isn't that the dude from To Kill a Mockingbird? <laughs> oh, he's a lawyer. Yeah, so we got okay, good. Yeah, dabbling in yes. music now. <laughs> yeah, March thirty first, you say. So what are they redoing? Yeah. Existential Reckoning. They generally yeah. have a remix album of their albums every time. Yeah, but this one got handed off to a lot of different people. Um, and there's a couple, at least one, but maybe two tracks that are already on like Spotify. So um, expect it to be what it is. It's a remix albums so of people are having fun with sounds and different stuff like that. But right, this is exciting. Back in though. the day, yeah, back in the day, there oh. was a tapeworm. It was everybody's waiting for that to come out. It was Trent and uh, and Maynard, and then it just never did. They said it was mediocre, so we never saw the light today on that one. Yeah, I oh, I I love. I love a good remix album. I, you know, I'm a big fan of KMFDM. They put out uh, an EP, I guess you would call it, basically nine remixes of the same song, and it's fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah. And, I mean, so they were always doing stuff, and, you know, a lot of the industrial bands, they would remix each other's stuff all the time, and, you know, of course, you've got uh, Fixed, you know, is the remix of mm-hmm. the Broken album, and, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff. It's fun. Yeah. Speaking so of that, um, it is. Um, there are two songs out. 
okay. so far. Um, and it's called Rewired. And so far, you mm-hmm. get a Singularity and Postulus are okay. available. So I think, I think we should talk about this. I, think, I would love to. Shows. Yeah. Maybe just pick a couple um, we liked or something. Okay. Yeah, that'd be good. And uh, on that same note, what you were talking about, Jeremy, I think um, Pig Face is re-releasing some of the stuff from that dub era. And Cool. Yeah, and I think there's some. I mean, I get it in my news feed because Trent Reznor, you know. But I think there's some uh, like unheard tracks and things like that. I send a link to Paul, so I'll send that to you guys. But if there's anything worthy, we'll bring it to the show. Cool. Fun, fun, fun. See, now we are like just like bursting at the seams with new music. This is kind of exciting. Yes. So there are five people out here who are going to be very excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're three of them. Who are the other two? Yeah. But anyway, folks. All right. Hey, great show. That was fun. And yes. um, next week we'll be doing, um, is that enough next week? I think you said April 7th. Didn't you? Yeah. So that's next week, right? Okay. Yeah. No. We're a week away. The week after. Be, looks yeah. like it's going to be Poos for next week. If you want to hit that as part of a mini, so that'll be exciting. Gentlemen, where can we find you if we need to find you? Bundy, where are you at? Uh, on Instagram, my handle from the show at Metalhead Monday, M U N D Y. Why? Say hi. Because we like him. <laughs> it's yes. debatable. There's Paul, <laughs> right in campaign at the Phoenix Supernova on Instagram. Hit him up. Go to justplainpaul.com and tell him, hey, you miss him on the show. Let's be yeah. honest. We you, also need to, he you also need to check out his TikTok. He puts some good music out on there. He does. I'd love to share some of that on the show. That would be so cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. Tony, look at that. 4411 Creative. Yes. What do you know about that, T-Bags? I know that Creative is our middle name. So if you want to do some fun marketing, uh, give T-Creative us a call. T-Creative Bags. Got it. Yeah, middle name. That's right. That's uh, the only there. stipulation is like in our video production, the tea bags make an appearance, like Puff, like P Diddy used to in all of his videos. <laughs> Can you do that terrible bag. dance? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Bummer. But yeah, yeah. If you want to find me this week, I'll just be uh, neck deep in rabbits and dogs. So, <laughs> Tony loves bunnies. So, <laughs> and you can find me at Foggy Spell on Instagram and. Twitter and the show, you know where you can find us. Monday, bring us home. Oh gosh. So YouTube, we do live on YouTube and the Kokomo Lantern Facebook page. Then you can find the audio version on Apple, Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, SoundCloud. That's it. That's it. You yeah. nailed them all. Look at that. So anyway, everybody have a great week. Come back next week. We'll talk about Poosfer. Who knows what else? And that special interview with Martin Askham. Look for details on that. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya or talk to you.